On today's episode, Cats vs. Kids Who Will Survive, Getting Wet with ASMR, and Setting Boundaries with Your Favorite Scientist. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Help me out, almighty Lori Beth Denberg. Give me the vital information so I get the red lights. Who do yeah? The church of Lori Beth is in session, and we're reading from the scriptures of vital information. Talk to my goddess and my savior, my LBT. Just tell me what's going on. Potatoes, it's Lori Beth Denberg here, and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. With me, as always, is Clark Crozer. Hello. Hello, Clark, my co-host, my soulmate. <laughs> How are you? I am doing okay. Yeah. I'm in a good, a little goofy mood today. Yeah, it seems like it. It is uh as we record this, April Fool's Day. It is April Fool's Day. It's That's April right. Fool's Day. So I wanted to uh Talk about my favorite prank that I ever played on Clark. Uh-oh. Uh, he doesn't know what I'm going for I yet. I have no clue what you're about to say. So let me say this. Clark is a bit of a prankster. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure. How about in the past? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Clark would take people's phones. Sure, Take sure. people's iPhones. But this is eight, nine years ago. Oh, yeah. And just kind of fuck around and set an alarm for like 3.47 a.m. Sure, sure, sure. Or do whatever. Change ringtones. Change ringtones, all that stuff. Yeah. So at Clark's wedding, (laughs) I was seated at a table with a bunch of friends from from work. We worked together at an ad agency. That's right. And... You, sir, I don't know where your mind was. Uh, I was getting married? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Had left your phone on the little lovebirds table. That's right, yep. Which I was seated right next to. Yes, so you were. I grabbed it, mm-hmm. knowing that if you, you know, if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it at your wedding. Of course. And I changed uh, the language from English to Korean. Uh-huh. And Clark and was, took a bunch of pictures too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We you took guys a, took a whole bunch of pictures. We took a bunch of pictures at our table, including a bunch of Chris Cowan's arm. Yeah. But uh, Chris Cowan, Chris Cowan is an awesome dude. Not yes, only a lovely human being, but a great filmmaker. Yeah. And he happens to be a large, hot black man. <laughs> Chris, if you're out there and you're unattached. <laughs> um, so we tried to take a bunch of pictures of just his forearm to make it look like a big black dick. Right. I don't know how successful we were. Not very. It just looked like lots of pictures of his arm. Yeah. But so this was the level <laughs> of, uh, you know, intelligence going into our fun at the wedding. But I did take Clark's phone and change the language to Korean. Yep. And you were just... Angry. I mean, you weren't yelling, but you were like, you took no fun in it. <laughs> and you just go to me at my wedding. <laughs> well, keep in mind, when you're when it's your wedding, you gotta be talking to everyone. I get it, Clark. I'm not married and I, I have no love in my life. Continue. I had, I had all of five seconds allotted to t- come over and be like, please change my phone back so that I can turn it on again. <laughs> And that I don't know what Korean language I'm looking at. Yeah. And... So then I felt bad. Yeah. Well, I also was like, 
chose you, <laughs> serves you right. But then I did feel bad and you were like angrier than I thought. So I was like, oh no. So then, but the trick is once it's in Korean, you can't follow the directions to, to un-Korean it, it. Exactly. Um, so I'm looking at my phone, <laughs> which was, I think, a different model right. and going by on my English menu, what to push. And then I'm like, can someone else give me their, my, their phone? And they were like, well, no, what are you going to do to yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So I did end up getting it um, put, you know, put right. Right. But before, that was, before the night ended. Yes, that, that was, was my my favorite little prank that <laughs> you, for some reason, were too busy to enjoy. Uh, well, it was a very good prank. I just don't know about the timing of the prank. <laughs> it well, I didn't get married on April Fool's Day. I got married in October. So, Well, that's why it was such a great prank. You really, weren't expecting it. It, it was really a, a perfect uh, wait, April Fool's Day. Yesterday, when I was like, oh, tomorrow's April Fool's Day, right, right. I just remember thinking everyone's going to wear green. Oh, what? I don't know. Everything is just. The pandemic has smushed every single holiday into just one uh, idea in your head that just yeah. says holiday. It's it's very, it's very strange. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be Easter Purim. Everyone go on your hamantash and hunt. Yeah, but that's, it, it totally went through my head. Like, yeah. oh, everyone's going to wear green tomorrow. I was like, no. Why? I don't know, because my mind is a big ball of mush mush. <laughs> well, uh, is your mush mush uh, able to answer questions? Because we have some amazing <gasps> questions this week Excellent. from our uh, listeners. So yes. if you're ready, we can move on. Yes, please. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Question number one is a phone call that we got from a lovely listener named Genevieve. Hi, Lori Beth. My name is Genevieve. Um, I saw your post on Twitter about travel advice, and I'm going to Vegas next month. Um, got my vaccine, by the way, so I'm all good. But I'm um, going to Vegas with my best friend, and I was just wondering what some top sites you would recommend are. I've been there once, but, you know, there's always so much to do in Vegas. And I want to do the best things that are available. Thank you, Genevieve. All right. Yeah. So that was Genevieve. Hey, baby. Well, I want to just say first. Well, I want to say first, thank you for your question. Yeah. And thank you for looking at my Twitter feed. It's not <laughs> that exciting. So I'm really glad that I put something up there that you looked at with your eyes. Yeah. Um, but before I get into my Vegas, uh, you know, things that I do in Vegas, you said that you've gotten the vaccine, which I'm super psyched about. Oh, yeah. But you said, so I'm good. And we're still in this. Yeah. The vaccine protects me. Yep. But I still need to protect other people. So even though you're good and you say, oh, I can travel with a, you know, far, far, far less, you know, worry about being not being infected, but being getting really sick from right. it. We're still protecting other people. So you're good. Maybe you feel, you know, feel more comfortable and confident traveling. Right. But still wearing your mask, baby. Yep. Especially, you know, it's going to be thick with people, not as thick as usual. Right. Speaking of Chris Callan's arm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so that's just the first boring mom part sure. of my response. Sure, sure, sure. But I... I am not a huge Vegas fan. Mm. I'm it's it's all partying. I've said before, 
I'd rather throw a party than go to a party. Right. I'm awkward. I'm like, uh. So Vegas is just a big party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never been a big drinker. So I've never gone out and been like, I'm so fucked up. Right. You know, I smoked, I smoked weed in Vegas, including yeah. one time I went with a bunch of friends. Oh my God. I went with a bunch of friends. It was right after 9-11. Okay. Not right. It wasn't like 9-12. 9-12, right, yeah. But a little while longer. And it was a bunch of us that were friends from Fat Camp, actually. Oh, nice. And a couple of them were from New York. You uh, 2001, that you were probably still doing Steve Harvey at that time, right? I think so. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm pretty sure this might have been into 2002, though. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't like everyone got on a plane right sure, after 9-11. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, it's like our friends were there. We're scared for them. We wanted to get together. So they came out and we went to Vegas. And um, one of them <laughs> from New York, I was... Um, I slept a long time and I watched Memento there. Okay. And I always have crazy dreams after I watch the movie Memento, which is an awesome movie if you have not seen it. But um, he got up the next, the next day when I got up, they were all worried. They were all really worried about this like weird patterny bruise he had on his arm. It was like all these dots. They were really concerned. And it was during post 9-11 with like anthrax stuff. Like a lot of this stuff. Terrorism was on the mind. And I wish that they had woken me up. I mean, eventually they did. If you go somewhere with me, eventually (laughs) you'll be like, wake up. You're wasting your time (laughs) sleeping. But, um, and I just look at it and I'm like, you got a hickey from the tub it was a a jet tub yes it was a jet tub it had obviously just kind of sucked on his arm and i i just really picture like i they were like what's wrong with this lb and i'm like (laughs) it's from the tub and i just go back to sleep but i think i did wake up but i was still using that okay so i don't know if it was that day but i had planned um to go to a spa mm. by myself. I was using, I was not very much part of the group. You know, I was, but I wasn't. I'd known them all since I was like 13. Right. And we were, how old was I in yeah. 2012? Probably close to 22. Yeah, 23. something like that. So I write in if you know how old I was <laughs> in 2012. But um, so I had booked myself a spa thing. Just by myself, okay. I went in the in the the hotel in a different hotel. Oh, okay. I don't remember which one it was, okay. but it was like a nice. It was a nice spa. Sure, sure. So all I had to eat that day was uh, pot brownies and lemonade from the spa, <laughs> and I might and I might have also smoked. And I remember. Well, I'll say that I'll save this for a little bit. Um. You know, so I go to the spa, I get these two intense, like a massage and something else. Mm. So I'm just feeling good on the way home. I'm driving and I realize, oh shit, I need to turn left here and just like fucking crash into this car. Oh no. That was in the left-hand turn lane that I just didn't look for. Oh. Um, And, you know, I felt really bad and these people were really concerned. I mean, there were con- obviously no one was hurt. Right. And we weren't going, you know, a million miles an hour at right, all. Right, 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 right. But they just, <clears throat> they didn't, 
they were worried. And they, so it wasn't just like, here's my information. I'm really sorry. Mm. And they weren't like, hey, you fucking blah, blah, blah. Right. But um, so we had to stop. Like, we went somewhere to make a copy of my drivers. Like, all this extra stuff wow. that wasn't necessary. But they don't know that about me. We're right. in Vegas. Everyone's a friggin' tourist. Right. This is probably a rental car. You know, it wasn't yeah, my car. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, and I just remember, like, going, okay. Like, I, I'm... I'm good with stuff like that. I don't really get that upset. I mean, I felt badly. Yeah, of course. But of course. I'm not like, oh my God. Right. You know, not so freaking I just, out. I handled it. Okay. And then I went back to the hotel and blah, blah, blah. So that was great. But uh, I also had braces at the time. That's right. Yes. I had just regular old silver braces. Yeah. And so you get cuts in the inside of your mouth and you, you know, gargle warm salt water. So I had in my glove compartment a baggie full of salt. And I'm like, if the cops come, like, I know it's salt. It will prove <laughs> right. to be salt in the end. Right. But like, okay, let's just not have that be an issue. Well, especially because I like what we were saying. You were on TV right around that time, oh, yeah. either during or right before. Yeah, so. that would have been the perfect perfect um, TMZ fodder. Yeah, the perfect child star gone wrong. Yeah, she was crazy on pot brownies, <laughs> pot and lemonade from the spa she just went to, <laughs> and the police found a bag of well, eventually salt, right. but. Bath uh, salts? No, no, just table it was salt. Just sodium. It, it was kosher, but it yes. was, you know. So this is Genevieve. Yeah. What I do in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that part. That's just some stories that happen. But I so I am not a huge like, let's go party, blah, blah, blah. Especially right. not now that I'm sober. Right, right, right. But Vegas, you go to we we live in Los Angeles. It's right there. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do is drive. Yes. I drive to Vegas. Which I happen you love to doing. yes, I happen to like driving. Yep. Um, and so that's groovy McSmoothie. <laughs> but what a bad rhyme I chose to make there. Groovy McSmoothie. All right. Yeah. Um, hey man, they can't all be winners. That's all right. So I drive to Vegas. It's lovely. People say it's boring. I don't care. Get there, check into the hotel. Yeah. Now there's a series of things I do in Vegas, a little checklist. Okay. One of them is to get tickets to a show. Sure. A live show. Such great shows it in Vegas. It doesn't have to be like the biggest hot ticket, you know, and, right. and it's all based on budget. Sure. Um, as is the hotel that I get, like all that kind of stuff. Yep. If I'm, I'm not going to go to like, you know, Colonel Janky's roadside motel. Right, 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 right. You know, I, I will, I stay at a reputable place. Sure. But, you know, I, it's not the penthouse suite. It's just, you know, you're going to sleep there. Sure, sure. So, um, that's what I say about hotels. Non-bed buggy, non-rapey preferred. <laughs> So I, I'll look around in all literature or whatever and find a show. Not necessarily the biggest show. Right. Something that interests me. Right. And another thing I do is I go to one buffet. Mm. Just while you're there, you sure. have to go to one. Sure. You're not going to go to Are one Are you going to ever go back to a buffet again after COVID? <sighs> I don't know. That's the true. That's a good question. That's, that's the true loss. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no. And um, I see one movie. Oh. I like seeing movies out of town. I always remember where I saw them. Oh, how nice. I saw Titanic in Vegas. Oh, okay. I saw Matilda in Detroit. How weird. I okay. saw Mean Girls in New York. 
Huh. I just like it. I That's just, really interesting. Yeah. Huh. I saw the first 90 seconds of The Matrix in New York. Okay. Can I tell you that story? No, I don't think so. We go in, we go to see The Matrix, um, the original. Yeah. And it starts and we're in the theater and whatever happens in the beginning. And then there's Keanu Reeves and he goes like, Something, the white rabbit. And everybody laughed. Right. Because it's Keanu Reeves and he's goofy. Right. And then it like went all weird and blah, blah, blah. But we're like, well, is it's it the Matrix. Part of the movie? Yeah. We're like, this is like the deal. But then they're like, uh, everyone, the film broke. And oh, we're going to no. give you a voucher to come back. And so it was like, yeah. So that was my experience with The Matrix. But oh. I like seeing movies out of town. Yeah. I saw cool. I saw Titanic with our friend Steven. Oh, yeah. Who we went to Vegas once. Nice. And uh, our friend Steven, the director who of we, Working. Yeah, we talked to uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes. And I did watch his... As did you. Yeah, we both watched We uh, watched the production of Working, and it was friggin' awesome. Yeah. Especially Steven's work in editing. So anyway, (laughs) so I I get a a decent-ish hotel. I find a movie I want to see. Okay. I also saw the movie A Thousand Acres. Look that one up. No one's going to know. Is that the Winnie the Pooh bio documentary of A.A. Milne? No, it's the tender story of sisters growing up on farmland through a treacherous childhood. Yeah, yeah I right. think it stars Michelle Pfeiffer and Christine Lottie. Okay. It's nothing anybody needs to run up. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. Okay. But I remember it. Because you were in a different because uh, city. I, yeah, I saw it on vacation. So I'll find the show, I'll find, you know, and I'll gamble. I don't sit down at a table, mm-hmm. um, but I'll do some slot machines yeah. here and there. I'm like nickel slots, maybe some quarters. You know, I never win my money back. Nobody ever wins their money back. Sure, sure, sure. But um, on what I believe was my last trip to Vegas, mm-hmm. I went with my friend Wes and we went to... The Pinball Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. The Pinball Hall of Fame. Yep. I'm going to say it again. The Pinball Hall of Fame. Now, Wes and I are very close friends. We have been for 15 years. Mm. And we have spent hours and hours and days and days and months and months playing pinball. Mm. My favorite uh, table is Lord of the Rings Pinball. Nice. For some reason, it just caught my attention. I'm pretty good at it. It's very satisfying. So we had spent a million hours playing that game. Hmm. Whenever I ran into it somewhere, I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) I'd go, I I saw it. I went bowling with some friends at a random bowling alley and I was, was like, oh. Oh, it's there. There it was. So I would take myself there. Nice. You know, afterwards. And of course, things change out. So you get there and it's like, oh, it's, it's gone. gone. But um, so not only did the Pinball Hall of Fame, which is just a giant kind of warehouse space. Yeah. Filled to the with pinball machines that work. Most of them did. You yeah. can play them. Yeah. Like from, ev- from every era exactly. of time. There's like pinball machines from the 30s, pinball machines from the 70s, yeah. pinball machines from today. And they did, of course, have Lord of the Rings. Nice. So I played that. This is a few years ago. Yeah. And God, probably five years ago, Mm. at least. So that is my suggestion, Genevieve. Like, that's one of my favorite memories of Vegas is going to the Pinball Hall of Fame. So it's not about 
seeing the thing everybody's talking about necessarily. It's not about spending the most money on the biggest show. These are things I like to do and it's nice to do them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and when I'm out and about and away from home and a little freer and X, Y, and Z. So, you know, if you think of some, first of all, if you like pinball, go to, I think I've said it enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But if it's it's even open. No, I'm sure it's still open. Well, no, I know, but are the pinball machines six feet apart? Oh, I don't know. That's what uh, I meant. Yeah, uh, that's that what I meant by I open. Um, available. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what are some things like like that maybe that you love? And um, I've gone to, I go to Vegas a lot with Karen. Um, just outside of Bally's, I believe, there's a big shopping center. You're talking about shows. There's actually a twofer place in this shopping center so that if you wanted to get cheap tickets for stuff, you know, a show that's happening tonight or tomorrow night, like really soon, um, that's a really good place to get cheap tickets to go see shows. Oh, nice tip. Yeah. Right outside of, uh, Bally's, I believe. And then right outside of the Aria, which is where we're hoping to go at the end of this year, um, there's a big kind of shitty walk section mm-hmm. where it's just shops and eateries and lights and music. And so that's a fun place to go when it's late at night and you just kind of want to be around people. Yeah. That would be a good fun place to go. Just throwing that out there as well. Excellent. Uh, cause we've been to Vegas so many times. Yeah. And strip club, go for it. Yeah, you know, sure. whatever's there. Yeah. Whatever you're into, go and do it. Exactly. Make it your trip to Vegas. Exactly. All right. Well, have thank, fun. Thank you, Genevieve. I hope you have a great time in Vegas. Uh, and oh, before you go, though. Yeah. As a cautionary tale, watch um, The Hangover and then watch Very Bad Things. <laughs> if you haven't seen Very Bad Things, you just watch that. There you go. And then you will watch your step while you're there. There you go. That's very good advice. <laughs> Remember we had that friend? Oh, uh, my God. We had that friend who was a troublesome human being to start with. One of those ones that you have from childhood that you're like, we're friends. (laughs) And this breaking point was like on Christmas or something. He had his eight-year-old sister and took her to see very bad things. Yeah. It's It's not a movie he was you know, right. emotionally prepared to handle. Right. So I don't know what this fucking little girl thought. Or, or why would it be that important to go see that movie? Because well, he's an idiot. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right, let's go to our next question. This is uh, an anonymous question. Okay. Uh, we got sent through the emails and let's uh, start it off. So he says, okay, so my situation is kind of funny, kind of gross, and well, kind of honest. I'm a gay male and I suffer from IBS. I have hemorrhoids and they pretty much don't ever go away. I've had them for years. It makes me self-conscious, so I don't have casual sex as often as I'd like because I'm always afraid the guy is going to notice or think I'm gross. This has to be a common problem for gay guys, yes? I know you aren't a gay male, so you're probably not the best person to ask, but you are giving advice on all aspects of life, so what the fuck? I'm giving it a shot, Lori Beth. I don't have any gay friends, so it's not like I can really ask anybody about it. And besides, it's embarrassing. I guess I just wanted to know if this is as bad as I think it is, or if I should stop being self-conscious and let my freak flag fly. Thoughts? Keeping my name anonymous for obvious reasons. Thanks. 
Thank you, Anonymous. Yeah. I want to know why you don't have any gay friends. Yeah, what's the problem there? Yeah. I I mean, well, if, you want to let if, your freak flag fly, so I'd assume you're out of the closet. But if the opportunity is there to meet other gay guys to have sex with. Then he's self-conscious. Then there has to be gay people yeah, around yeah, yeah. to be friends with. So I will say thank you for this very honest personal question. Yes. Um, I... I have a friend uh, who has talked about before how he he credits having hemorrhoids in the 80s with him not getting AIDS. Wow. Isn't that that's kind of amazing. And this oh actually, that's just what popped into my head. That has no bearing on what I'm about to say yeah, about this. Yeah, but what listen. an interesting thought. Yeah, it was like, whoa. Wow. That's nuts. But um, yeah, Bunny, first of all, if you have these hemorrhoids and you have IBS, yeah. I hope you've been to a doctor. <laughs> no, for real. I mean, uh, if you say um, I have IBS, you might have been diagnosed. Irritable bowel syndrome. In oh, case yes. anybody out there doesn't know what IBS is. Irritable bowel yeah. syndrome. So it makes you kind of poopy and have yucky tummy and it's an issue. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope you've been to a doctor for both. Right. And I don't know how bad your hemorrhoids are. I don't know if they're internal or external. You know, it's, there's, there's a plethora of hemorrhoids. So you can have hemorrhoids in every color of the rainbow. <laughs> right. uh, so please get some medical help because there is help for you. Sure. Um, so not knowing the specifics of those things. <sighs> Yeah, I'm. Sh I don't know, but I have. I mean, I have heard anecdotal stories about. Yeah, I mean, like my friend, like gay men have hemorrhoids, and well, no, that's not the. Th a lot of people have hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah, of yeah. them are bound to be gay men. Sure, sure. Who might be more apt to, uh, have Opt anal out. sex? Yeah. No, no, no. To have anal sex. Oh, exactly. So that becomes a, a real issue within just a full relationship. Um, I would say if you're not, um, if you're not in pain and you want to, if you want to just hook up with somebody like Grindr or whatever, mm -hmm. please be vaccinated. Make sure they're vaccinated. Like, there's no question. It's so, it's so kind of frustrating because there's nothing I can say to anybody that isn't always couched with, but don't die. Yeah, exactly. Um, so within those parameters. You know, parameters or going forward when we're all good. Yeah. Um, you know, you would ideally talk to a guy first. Right. Before you, you know, if you're on grind or whatever, you're chatting or whatever, throw it in there. Yeah. Throw it in there. And you'll either get like, oh, forget it. Or like, yeah, man, me too. Or, right. or like, oh, no problem. You know? Right. And, um, but I would also say go on some, uh, I mean, Google gay anal sex hemorrhoids. I'm sure that there are, you know, innumerable resources for mm. that. And chat forums and people that you can, you know, benefit from their experience and their wisdom. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so you can try all of those things. But as far as and then IBS, I mean, there are plenty of um, gay men and others who do uh, an enema before they're going to have anal sex. Sure. So that's one thing to do. But 
I mean, if your tummy hurts yucky poopy, you're not really going to be like, I really want to fuck now, you right. know, which is a, a super drag. But again, get medical help. Yeah. Um, Maybe your bad flora is killed by your fauna in your tummy. <laughs> I don't know. Some bullshit with probiotics that my best friend takes every day seven times. Um, just eat some goddamn yogurt. But, um, you know, I would say do the research, try to reach out, try to, you know, on a, you know, even on a Facebook page or whatever where you could ask the question. You know, and be a not, I mean, you could change your name and your picture or whatever, right. but I wouldn't be surprised if you get plenty of good advice, good advice and good experiences mm -hmm. and people saying, you know, hey, man, it's happens. And right. I, this is how I deal with it. And this right. and that. So, but um, thank you very much for your question. Yeah. Also, quick, before we go, I, I just want to throw out here on the scale of embarrassment. Hemorrhoids is pretty far down. Yeah. It's there's so many other things that you could have to tell somebody before you have sex. And hemorrhoids isn't the most embarrassing one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, like, I do. There, there should you shouldn't feel embarrassed because of your hemorrhoids as much as you should just be aware of your hemorrhoids. And it's unfortunately something that, yeah, you might have to bring up before the pants come off. Yeah, and it's not like anal warts. It's right. not. It's hemorrhoids exactly. aren't, to the best of my knowledge, aren't contagious. Exactly. Uh, you have to put a little mask over your hemorrhoids <laughs> when you're having sex. <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured all uh, like Harlequin masks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's New Orleans Square in your butthole. But um, yeah. So anyway, just uh, don't be embarrassed. Don't get uh, ashamed. It's hemorrhoids. Yeah. Be open about it and talk about it. And try to make some friends. I don't I mean, maybe through some forums or whatever you can. Yeah. Because I know we're not. It's not like go to a bar and hang out and cruise right, right. now. It's starting to be. But. That's yeah. interesting to me that you said you don't have any friends. So yeah. you have one now. But as you said, I am not a gay man. Yeah, exactly. I'm as close as you're going to come. <laughs> but uh, good luck with that potato. Yeah. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, let's move on to question number three, and it's from uh, a listener named Taryn. And Taryn asks, oh, this is actually a long one. Are you ready for oh, this? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. <clears throat> During the height of the pandemic last spring, I was navigating Twitter, and I managed to find my favorite scientist. He's been my favorite scientist since I was 15, and I absolutely fangirled the fuck out. And I followed him. He followed me back the next day. And after a few days of contemplating the weirdness of it all, I did the whole, you've been my favorite scientist since high school and or why I'm a marine biologist, but also perform at Renaissance fairs and play maritime folk music and sometimes do science talks at local rum distilleries. And he was like, I love maritime folk music and rum. And that was the start of it. We ended up chatting first through Twitter, then through email. And he became my 
long distance quarantine drinking buddy. I couldn't imagine getting through 2020 without his fun stories, terrible puns, lists of whiskey and rum suggestions to try out and latest science journals to read through. I had read his papers throughout high school and college. I never thought I'd build a friendship with my scientist hero through maritime folk music, booze, and motorcycles, but here we are. He currently lives in Finland, and I've been contemplating going to visit him in the fall while I have an online college semester. We've swapped phone numbers and addresses at this point. He recently sent me mixtapes, how 90s but have only ever emailed or texted and haven't called each other or video chatted yet. He's been exceptionally kind. He has sent me gifts and was the first to offer his phone number to make chatting easier. But I've noticed anytime I try to return the kindness by offering to send him a gift or even just a video chat, he seems to go quiet or change the subject. He doesn't say no, but he doesn't say yes either. I myself am a musician performer and am very big on respecting people's privacy, but I can't tell if he's generally a private person or if he's just shy. I always want to respect people's boundaries and move at their pace. So while I may make an offer here or there, I don't push anything. In the end, the trip out there from the US will heavily depend on my financial situation for the flight, hotel, food, etc. But could this autumn be too early for us to meet up how do you know when you're ready to meet an online friend? Is there a good or proper way to present the offer of meeting up in person? I also don't know what I do when I do meet him. In my travels, I've met and performed with plenty of big name musicians and actors and was always cool about it, but I was certainly starstruck when first talking to this dude online and still sometimes get butterflies when he texts or emails me. I feel like I'd be reduced to a goober if I met him in person. Any good way to deal with that? My main goal is for us both to be comfortable and happy with meeting each other, whenever that may be. And that was Taryn. Taryn. Wow. I am going to say again, our listeners <laughs> leave no stone unturned yes. when giving us the situation. Seriously. It is so thorough. Right? The information we get sometimes. Oh my God. Because all of, and, and all of that is relevant. That's yeah. the thing. Right? They like in my head, I'm like, yeah, in my head, I'm like, oh, but what Clark, if it's so long, why didn't Clark try to edit it? And it's like, no, because every step of the journey is important. Right? Okay, Taryn. Yeah. Here's what's unclear from the beginning of your story. Question. Yeah. Is this a romantic entanglement? Are right. you hoping for it to be? I can assume that. He is much older than you mm. if you were reading his scientific studies right. when you were 15. Right. If he's been a childhood hero of yours. That's right. And it sounds, I mean, you said you get butterflies when he texts you. Text, yeah. It does sound like you have some, you know, romantic intention or fantasy there, but you don't explicitly say that. Yeah. Nor do you say he's married or 90 or that you're with somebody. Well, also, she specifically says, how do you know when it's you're ready to meet an online friend? Well, yeah, that's the other thing is like, um, well, first of all, I'd FaceTime him first in case he's, you know, an 11 year old uh, Japanese kid who's just really on the ball with his research. That would be my go to thing. Maybe yeah. you've already done that. Yeah. But yeah. 
This does sound like you have some romantic intent. And even if you don't, it's, you know, there's a real power dynamic and it's like, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. You sound awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. For all the things you do and like. Yeah. And that you have a childhood, you know, fan scientist. Yeah, that I love. Yeah. That was my favorite part. Yeah. And she's cool, too. She's like a rocker musician type and she still has a favorite scientist. She's a favorite scientist and she goes to the Renaissance Fair. (laughs) So there's a lot going for Taryn at this point. I'm on Team Taryn. Okay, But um, yeah, as far as two things, meeting an online friend, it seems like you've been corresponding for a long time, especially through this last year of apocalypticness. Right. And that doesn't seem, you know, that dangerous. If you can confirm face to face that this is him. Right. Um, But this fall, is that what she said? Is yeah. this fall? Oh, she says early? autumn, but yeah. Autumn. So what does that mean? We're, we're in spring now. Right. So that would be this fall. That would be. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah. It's when fall festival would be. Exactly. September, October, yes. November, somewhere in there. Um. It might be. Well, first of all, there's all these countries that won't allow Americans in because of yeah. the terrible job we did with the pandemic. Yeah. So I'd check with Finland first, <laughs> see if they have any reservations available yeah, for Americans. But um, and you also don't say if you've really talked to him about coming to see. Yeah. Him. Yeah. She does say that she's tried to bring it up a couple of times, but he doesn't. He changes the subject. Yeah. So I think. Before you book a ticket, regardless of COVID and all that kind of stuff, you need to have a real clear understanding of what you want from this man. Yeah. And let him know that because it would suck ass. You'd be so excited and get there and be like, ah, and you're like, He's like, hello, young child, or or just doesn't, you know, if that's not reciprocated and that's what you want, find that out before you go. Yeah, absolutely. Because that could be just crushing. Mm-hmm. And then you're in Finland and you don't know where you are right. and you don't might not feel comfortable with this guy, you know, are you going to stay with him? Are you like, really, you need to suss that out. And if this man, I keep saying guy, like he's, you know, they met through soccer and have been pen pals, (laughs) you know, if this man isn't on the same wavelength as you, then don't go. Yeah. Then don't go. Yeah. Because you're just going to be going to be rejected or, just heartbroken or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So really put put your foot down as far as I need you to let me know this. I want to come visit you. Right. Do you want that or not? Right. Because it's just, I mean, nothing's worse than getting there and it being like, nope. Right. Pat on the head or I don't have time for you right. or awkwardity, which is a word I made up sure, years sure, and years sure, ago. Sure. So in addition to that, I, I wouldn't go on a super long haul flight like that, that soon into what's going on. I've got my sights set on, 
Well, it it everything depends a lot on the COVID numbers and everything that right. I see over the summer. Right. That I see. Because yeah. the, the nation's waiting for my opinion <laughs> on the summer numbers. But um yeah, I just there is also lots of news coming out about uh the vaccines being really good at preventing spreading the disease too. So yes. now the more they're testing, even though everyone's already getting the shot, they're still doing lots of tests and everything. And it could be possible maybe by the end of the summer that we find out if you've gotten the shot, you're kind of invincible to yeah. this. Which we might find out, which would be great. Yes. And then maybe life could go back to just us flying around wherever we want. Exactly. But it's like, there's still the, the huge component, like yeah. we said in a previous question about Vegas. Yeah. The component of, okay, I have the vaccine, so I'm safe. But does that does not mean that I can't get the vaccine right. and spread the vaccine. Right. I'm not going to spread, get the, get COVID and right. spread well, COVID. Yeah, I can't spread the vaccine. I'm going to spread this vaccine all over. <laughs> I'm just going to open my vein and spray it. Um, so, yeah. Nail down what the relationship is yes. with this man, Taryn. Yes, yes, yes. Before you make any travel plans. And can I throw out one additional piece of advice here that might really help out? I allow it. Everything that you said, yes, yes, yes. But as well, this might be helpful. Find something in Finland that you really want to go do or see. Oh, yeah. So that that's your break in moment so that you can tell him, oh, my God, I've always wanted to go do X or go see Y or whatever it is. While I'm there, I'd love to come and see you. I'd love to meet up for dinner. I'd Whatever you want to say, that yeah. might be a really good way to get that in there in a natural way. Because the thing that I'm nervous about, uh, LB, and this is a problem that you have to deal with a lot, are people are, are star fuckers, mm -hmm. right? There are lots of star fuckers out there that just want to hang around people that have a little bit of celebrity to their name. Yes. And uh That's why I'm here. <laughs> and there's we don't want this to turn into something where if he's a celebrity and he has lots of like who knows how many people he's texting over the pandemic. Maybe that's all he's doing is bored <laughs> and texting random people during the pandemic. Make sure that that he understands that you're not just a star fucker that wants, you know, attention or to be around him. That, you know, if if you're going there to do something else and also can hang out with him and spend time with him, that sounds like you're not just spending thousands of dollars to be with this person that you've never met before. Yeah. And that might make them a little bit more comfortable in being like, sure, I can meet up with you a day or two. You know, that's a really good point. Plan a trip to Finland yeah. if you want. Yeah. I would suggest uh, driving there. <laughs> Seeing a movie, seeing a show, doing a little bit of gambling, and going to one buffet. But it's all fish. It's all fish. <laughs> thank you, Taryn. I hope that helps. All right. Well, thank you, Taryn. That was uh, that was a good, really good question. Very detailed, and uh, I'm so glad you sent it. And hope that helps. So let's move on to our rotating segment of a week. And I'm really excited to be going back to our one of our favorite uh, segments, and that is LB Helps You Waste Your Life. And now, another rousing segment of LB Helps You Waste Your Life. 
I'm excited because I really like this one, although yeah. I really like all of them because I choose to waste my life with them. <laughs> this is um, videos on YouTube, on, but I find them on Facebook. Yeah. And I love them. They're called Man Plus River. Yep. The dude's name is Dallas. Right. And he loves to dive and scuba dive, and he will go to lakes and rivers and little bodies of water where a lot of people go. Right, heavily populated. Heavily bod populated, you know, vacation-y spots, that kind of thing. Lakes, rivers. Exactly. And he gets in his gear and has a couple friends sometimes that do it with him. He goes under the water with a metal detector mm -hmm. sometimes and searches for stuff and finds all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he will find usually a hundred thousand pairs of sunglasses, right. but, you know, jewelry and unopened beer that <laughs> fell out and iPhones, like he yeah. finds all kinds of stuff. And he always, if he finds a phone, if he finds something valuable, will try to return it to the owner. Yeah. And he, he's done that plenty of times. And does it's the really extra funny. effort. Yeah, oh, yeah. He tries to plug them in. He sees if they'll come back to life. They are more recent. And he's pretty recent. I think he's only been around since like 16, 2016, 20, 2017. Yeah, I think his video, his YouTube page says they started in 2017. Yeah, so I was fortunate to find this guy pretty early on. Yeah. Dallas, if you're there. <laughs> um, so he does do that. It's not like he's some weird pirate scavenger. Right. And he's and, usually going out with friends, too. He yeah. He has a couple of buddies that he does he, it with. Then they're really funny. It's a couple guys, but he seems like a really sweet guy. Yeah. He also has taken some requests, like someone will say... You know, hey, Dallas, I love your videos. I was at such and such lake and my school ring fell off. Oh, wow. And so I've seen a couple where he goes down searching for something specific huh. and finds it. And he does like a Zoom call with them and or or he'll return the phones. But that's him looking for the people. Right. This is the people calling him. Huh. So that's really cool. And also what's really um, awesome about it is they always bring up bags and bags of trash yeah they're cleaning up While the river down there yeah they're all the cans that are sunk to the bottom you know all the stuff and they come and they throw it out and they recycle it like just good good guy running this deal yeah it's like they're making videos and of course they're making money off of all these videos however the act in which the video is made is almost a charity itself. Yeah. It's, of this guy spending his time with his friends to clean up local lakes and rivers. That's fucking yeah. awesome. And when they're under there, when they're under the water, first of all, I I love ASMR. I'm totally ASMR-ish. Oh, yeah. So one of the things I love is that sound of when a video recorder goes underwater. Right. And so that's always there and this underwater sound and the audio the whole time. So I'm psyched about that. <laughs> but also they'll find, you know, they'll find something and they'll go, woohoo, and they put like, woo across right, the screen. Right. Or if they find a nickel, it'd be like, cha-ching, and it says like 0 0.05 on the top. <laughs> and they find a dime and then it's like, cha-ching. And so it keeps counting right, up to like tally. 37 cents. But they're always so excited. And then they're really excited when they find like a phone or something. Yeah. And nowadays, now that phones are more waterproof yeah, and people are smart, you know, to put them in like waterproof cases and stuff, he'll go. To, I remember once he found 
this like waterproof case, you know, zipper pouch or sure. something sure. with like four phones in it. So a bunch oh. of friends had been smart. They thought right. put all their phones in one place while they went tubing or something. Oh, and no. then that fell out. So um, it's just really cool. It's really cool. I mean, I just really do love that underwater sound. Yeah. But it's really cool how much they love what they're doing and how excited they get when they find stuff. Yeah. And the altruistic part of it, of, you know, them trying to return the stuff. And then just, I mean, it's, I hate to end on such a weird thing, but <laughs> whenever they bring up the garbage and throw it out, it makes me really happy. Right. And there's one where they found, there's also like crazy shit they do afterwards. They found like an old can of food or soup or something. Okay. And so like old and they're like, okay, let's open it. You know, I don't know if they ate it, but there's that kind of stuff. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So man plus river. I love you twice, and everybody take a look at that, especially if you love that underwater sound. So, yeah, that was a, a good way to help you waste your life. And now, I believe, we're on to our final question of the podcast. Are you ready? Ooh. Yes, sir. All right. This is a good one. I'm really pleased with this one. This is a question from Elena. And Elena says, hi, Lori, Beth, and Clark. My wife and I are almost finished with the process of becoming foster parents. We are super excited and kind of nervous to open up our hearts and home to some children in need. This has been a huge goal for us because as a lesbian couple, obviously having a baby the traditional way would have had a lot of obstacles. We also have two cats named Potato and Chip <laughs> who are very used to being the babies of our household, but they don't seem to be happy about the changes we've had to make to our home during this process. The cats used to be allowed to play and sleep in our second bedroom, but since we need that bedroom for the new children, we have to, we've had to keep that door closed so they would stay out of there. We also set up a crib in our room because we hope to get an infant to care for, but so far Potato and Chip seem to think the crib is a new bed for them. They have also have been knocking things off tables and counters more than usual and just getting into mischief more often. I know you've worked with dogs in the past, but I was hoping you'd have some advice on how we can get our cats better adjusted to the fact that there will be new family members in the house soon. Thank you for being so amazing and being a huge part of making my children, uh, my childhood rock. Love you guys. Well, thank you. Right, that, that was, was Elena. From, from Elena. Elena. Thank you, Elena. Yeah. Cats are assholes. <laughs> I actually like, speaking of wasting my life, I do find myself just entering into YouTube cats being assholes. <laughs> and there's like 29 minute montages of it. Sure, sure. Um, first of all, how amazing. Yeah. That you are opening up your heart and your home to so fostering. Wonderful. That is amazing. Fantastic. And that you um Obviously have so much. First of all, I call people potato a lot. You do. You call I, lots I call of people, people potato. potato and kitten and monkey butt and button. Yeah. I just have a lot of little things that I do. And so when I heard your cats were named potato and chip, I just can't stand it. <laughs> I love them and I love you. And I'm not saying your cats are assholes. No. But hmm. yeah, all cats are um, assholes. It is very difficult. 
you know, adjusting for every, I mean, this is going to be a huge adjustment for everybody. Yeah. For you, for the kids. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. You know, the low end of that should be, how are the cats? Right. You know, the biggest part of that will be, do the cats hurt the children? Yeah, exactly. How does the cat learn to suffocate a baby with a pillow? <laughs> you know, and and that's, you know, worst, 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 worst case scenario. I have known people whose animals have reacted extraordinarily badly yeah. to a new baby mm. and have that. I mean, maybe once or twice that's happened. I'm not suggesting that. Yeah. We're yeah, far yeah, yeah. from that, no, Elena. Totally. But um, what I would suggest is spoiling your cats, which you probably already do, but in another area of the house, pick Mm. another area that can replace the kids' room. Yeah. And put the catnip there, make it a thing, make it a thing where they maybe like that corner. Mm-hmm. And that could give them, you know, a little spoiled action and they know it's over there. Maybe they won't be so crazy about the room. What's interesting is Elena doesn't say my cats are pissing everywhere. No, not so once. So that, if they had been, I think she would have mentioned it. Yeah. So that's not so bad, Bunny. They are, oh, I call people Bunny yeah, too a lot. Um, they are not acting out as badly as they could be. Right. Because if your house, I mean, unless they already were pissing everywhere, but Mm. I don't think they are. I don't think potato and chip do that. They aren't those kind of cats. I don't think they go down. (laughs) But um, yeah, as far as this transition, um, spoil them. In, I hate to say this because it sounds so cheesy, but I can tell how it doesn't sound cheesy, but it sounds like, come on, maybe. <laughs> but it's the same way maybe that you would um, show, you know, your two-year-old, you're still very important. And right. here's something for you when the new baby comes. Right. Because and it, inevitably a new baby takes a lot more work. I mean, a two-year-old takes mm-hmm. a lot of work. But- you know, people have learned to take the time to really give the older kids some attention mm-hmm. so that they're not like, I hate the baby right. and I hate you and I'm leaving. Right. Little two-year-old packs up his <laughs> Fisher-Price something and just leaves. Fisher-Price suitcase? Yeah, just takes yeah. up Mr. Potato Head, which is no accessories. <laughs> just going, me and Potato Head. There's already pre-packed, like, plastic clothes yeah. in the, the Fisher-Price suitcase. Oh, yes, and it's just Potato Head now. They've right. gotten rid of the mister, so that's uh, something for <laughs> stupid people to be angry about. And weird. Also, also uh, when you're saying... Uh, treat your your kitties uh you're you could be talking about food stuff right mm-hmm. catnip or, or treats or whatever you want you could also you know a lot of my friends that have cats their cats love these cat trees and they yeah. sleep on them and they crawl on them and they jump off them maybe that would be a fun thing to do is to get especially if you're trying to relocate them out of that one room maybe there's another room if you know even if it's the living room or a, a you know a central room that you can go, uh, put a big tall cat tree kind of thing yeah and then they would have something new that would feel like this was their new space potato and chip potato and chip yeah the other thing that i was just thinking of um when hopefully soon you get these kids that you're, I mean, it's, that's, 
a friggin' amazing, generous, yeah. remarkable thing to open your home and your life. And I know that people that I've known that have fostered or adopted, I mean, they get it back in space. Oh, yeah. It's not a one. It's not like what a great what a great uh, youth hostel I own. <laughs> but when the kids come, let them really spoil the cats. Yeah. Give them the treats. The, it is a cat. You can buy its love. Yeah. So uh, I think the only the only problem uh, sounds like Elena doesn't know uh, the age or ages of uh, any of the kids yeah. that are coming. If they're a baby, awesome. The babies won't touch the cats and they can grow uh, grow to love them. Yes. Uh, if they're, you know, an adolescent, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, that you can at least do exactly what you're saying, right? Give them treats to give the cats, have mm -hmm. them to slowly, you know, start spending more time with the cats. The only problem yeah. is if <laughs> they get a kid that's in between two and maybe four. Yeah. That's the only time that I would be really kind of nervous to have cats that don't know a kid all the time yeah. around a kid. That Kitty would cat be, tail go yank. Yeah, that's yeah. the scary one. And that's, you know, but that's also the chance to teach the kid gentle. Exactly. Gentle. That's exactly right. We did that with Lex. He, yes. he was, you know, pulling on Flynn's tail. Aww. And as much as uh, that might be funny to me, yes. I made sure that he knew that that was bad. Gentle. And that's to what I gentle. say to bags when I give him a treat. I say gentle. <laughs> yes, and and he, now I have just a nubbin of a exactly, wrist. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so hopefully that helps you, Elena. That was a, a really great question. Yeah, I'm so glad you sent that. Let us know what happens. Yes. Let us know what happens with everything. I just think the more people, he I mean, the cats, yes. Let us know how potato and chip fare <laughs> in this situation. But I just think it's great that you, you know, have put out to a bunch of people here that you are fostering yeah. and that you're excited about it and and let us know how everything goes yes please and uh if you really want to make lb happy uh message her on facebook with a picture of potato and chip <gasps> oh hell she yeah she would love that anyway um uh, so that kind of wraps up the questions for today uh did you have a good uh show today did you like that i did you know what, what? i want to talk about something oh please let's uh let's talk talked about it Last week, yeah. and I'm going to talk about it every week. Okay. My campaign, One Million Hugs. Yes. My campaign, One Million Hugs. Yes. To reiterate. Right. Uh, is about you going and getting vaccinated. That's absolutely right. You, you well, Clark, not, not just Clark. Not everyone. Just me, everyone. And doing research from reputable sources. Yep. And explaining to other people. This is good. And here is why. Let's get vaccinated. When we get to a point where things are back to normal enough, safe enough, all of that stuff, I will set up a booth and give one million hugs. Yep. This is what I want to have happen. And, and uh, to the point where. Uh, if the listeners out there are uh, interested, they should uh, maybe submit their town to be uh, part of the tour. Oh, yeah. Because you could do a little driving tour around America and uh, find plenty of places that I'm sure lots of people would want hugs. You know how old I am? It just occurred to me right now to make 
hashtag one million hugs a thing. <laughs> there you Hopefully go. that's not already taken. No, I hope not. So I am going to start that hashtag or you guys start that hashtag. Yeah. I have put this, um, I'll post about it again, but I have put these posts about the parameters and the want for people to be vaccinated yep. and to bring my 1 million hugs initiative to fruition. Yes. So, but now I will add the hashtag, which is really the only thing that's important. <laughs> I realize. Oh, I adios mio, my brain. Now wait, is this hashtag a uh, million hugs? Is that hashtag one zero 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 hugs? You know what? Or is it M I L L I O N hugs? That's, I was just thinking that it should be hashtag O-N-E-M-I-L-L-I-O-N-H-U-G-S. Okay. Got it. Hashtag, and hashtag is spelled H-A-S. <laughs> yes. Well, I hope everyone out there goes out and spreads the word and gets ready for a million hugs. Because, hey, get this. Yeah. Spread the word, not the disease. Hey. I like it. That's really nice. good. Congratulations. All right. Well, I'm so glad you guys uh, stopped by to listen. If you have any questions out there for Lori Beth, especially if they're, you know, related to hugs or the Simpsons or anything, please send it to us at AskLoriBeth.com. You can hit us up on all the socials at AskLoriBeth or just leave us a message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-DENBERG. That's 1-855-DENBERG. 1-855-336-2374. And you can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, at the Lori Beth Denberg fan page on Facebook. And you can uh, book me to make a personalized video for a loved one or someone you hate. Yeah. I could really tear them apart. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, so you can so find that at uh, cameo.com slash Lori Beth. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We had a great time today and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bad Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening.